is up? Oh, Sims with the preemptive what is up, what is good? I just wanted to uh, ruin the intro a little because it annoys Fendrick a little. I don't care. Okay. It doesn't matter to me. No, yeah, that is the perfect timing. It is great. Yeah. Okay, good. Right when the right beat when drops. Right when the beat drops is now we've let it breathe enough. Oh, okay. You could talk before Rats. the beat drops. What do I care? I don't do whatever know. you want. I don't know. Your name's in the title of the show. I don't know. Do you have to put your nose and your lips yeah, on I the Yeah, I like to eat the microphone. I think, he, yeah, he oh. wanted you to do that. <laughs> he wanted you to do that. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 137 of the Sims and Lefko podcast. Man, 37. You know, I don't want to say the. The Sims and Lefko podcast. I'm going to emphasize the and. You put the now. emphasis on the and? Yes, exactly. <laughs> emphasis. We have just wrapped up week seven of the NFL season, and it is time. 37s. Fendrick, why don't you take the lead this time? I'm going to take a week off. I don't have a good 37, and I don't want to sully this portion of the podcast with a bad 37 from Rutgers or Maryland. Whoa, so, Sully. What no you, 37 for me. What do you me. got for us, Sims? Uh, the best 37 of all time in my book oh, is Lester the Molester Hayes. Is that uh, actually his name? That was his nickname, Lester the Molester, yes, because when he bump and run, yeah. he put stick stick them all over himself. Yes, you can look it up. I'm right. And he would be all over him. One of the greatest corners in the history of football. Nobody gives him credit for. Now in the Hall of Fame. No, It's crazy. I didn't even realize that. 37 Jordan Richards for, of course, the uh, yep. New England Patriots. We'll cross it off. Um, and, man, I'm really pulling one out of my ass here with this one. Was Night Train Lane 37? Uh, no. Okay. Not that I saw. Damn. Uh, current 37. Current 37. Running back Buck Allen. Hey, Buck. Defensive backs, you named Jordan Richards. Uh, Jaleel Adai from the Chargers. Bryce Callahan from the Bears. Ross Cockrell from the Giants. Keith Tandy from the Bucks, And Jonathan Cyprian for the Titans. Mm. Very loose group. Yeah. Running backs. Come on. All time. All time. I'm missing a good 37? Yeah. Wait, wait. Hold on a second. I, it's really Carried high. me in fantasy. Not a long time fantasy guy. I know. He probably carried your fantasy team at one point, from, too. From the state of Kentucky. So this is my thir- 37, and this Sean, is recent. Oh, my gosh. Duh. I mean, Sean Alexander. Yes. Sean Alexander. Also uh, must not ba- be a fantasy guy over here. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> fullback Larry Centers was a 37. Oh, uh, yeah. He was a good one. Well, how would, well, who compares to Sean Alexander now? His name has come up in this podcast many times. Oh, Sean Alexander now. Mm, he's, Pull up the teams. Yeah. Uh, he, he's a, he was a rare guy that was big with, like, quick feet. Um, I'm trying to think of who he would be totally. You know, Jordan Howard-ish, that okay. kind of guy, right? Um, he could catch the ball, too. He could really catch the ball. He was that team ball. for a long time. He was phenomenal. That team was a little underrated in general. I mean, Matt Hasselbeck was amazing, and people don't really realize that, I yes, think. Yes, he was. Yeah. 2000s guys. Uh, Dion Grant, also from the Seahawks. Right. Dion Sa- Sanders. Well, I was going to get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Sam Shields, the Green Bay cornerback. Yep. Sean Considine, safety oh. from the Eagles. Uh, the 90s, Carnell Lake, corner oh, from Pittsburgh, five-time right. Pro Bowler. Tyrone Williams, another cornerback from Green Bay. Tony Parrish. Radney Harrison. Oh, crap. I forgot about him, too. Rodney Damn, Harrison's Corn- a future Carnell Lake. I have both of them. I can't believe that. In terms of legends, you said Lester Hayes. Pat Fisher was a cornerback for St. Louis and Washington for 17 years in the 60s and 70s. Hmm. Hall of Famer Jimmy Johnson, cornerback for the 49ers in the 60s and 70s. And then Deion Sanders wore 37 when he was 37 years on Baltimore. I didn't realize that he played when he was 33. And then sat out for four years and then came back. What was, I don't remember. 
Why did he leave? Come, he just decided to come back. He got bored. Well, he had he re- he retired a little before he wanted to because he hit turf toe, ruined his career. And then who wanted to play for Washington? Uh, well, yeah, and I just think all of it combined. And then yeah, he sat out a few years, and then I think he just got the itch. But I remember he had one play where it was like he dove and swatted the ball when he was thirty-seven. Right. It was incredible to come back and play corner at 37, 38. One of the greatest athletes in the history of the planet. The other sports are interesting. There have really not been any 37s in the NBA. I was going to say, I don't remember any 37s. But there's been a few that have worn it for a season. Derek Fisher wore it in 2012. Ugh. Nick Van Exel wore it in 2004. <laughs> Two lefties. <sighs> and Meta yeah. World Peace wore it in 2010, 2016, and 2017. Uh, I could see him doing that. Uh, Major League Baseball, Kenny Rogers, Strasburg mm-hmm. wears it. And then uh, some Phillies, Omar Dahl and Real Cormier. And then NHL, Ole the goalie wore 37. And Eric Desjardins. So it's a great trifecta of random Philly athletes. Sean Considine, Real Cormier, and Eric Desjardins. Oh. All of them sounding French. Did you look up Lester and the Lester to see if that was legit? No, I knew it was. Oh, I just okay. wanted to pull it out. Oh, okay. I trust your dad. Your dad respected Lester. Yeah, well, I, um, the other guy, uh, Mike Haynes, the coordinator. Yes. Oh, that's the, the, the guy. The other Mike corner Haynes. on there. That's why, That's probably why part of the reason Lester hasn't gotten the Hall of Fame. People gave him uh, most of the credit, which they should have. He was amazing, too. So as you heard on the last podcast, Von Miller did not believe that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Cut him out of the podcast. He picked Peyton Manning. He's done. What do you think? What do you think of that whole? It's a, it's an interesting comparison well, between those two. Yeah, Peyton's amazing. I mean, I, you know, again, you know, Peyton was the uh, a rare combination of like he was Johnny U in this era, right? He was the guy that could like coach the team and play quarterback at yeah. the same time. So it's a different guy. His skill set certainly not on the level of Rodgers. Peyton Manning, definitely one of the five greatest of all time. Um, I mean, I don't think I could put. I I don't think at this point anymore I could put Peyton ahead of Tom Brady, though. I mean, mm. I can't. In their prime, in their absolute primes, maybe I would put take Peyton Manning. But the longevity and the consistency of greatness mm. from Brady, you have to take that into play. I will at some say point. this about Peyton: he was one of the most enjoyable quarterbacks to watch. Yes, when he would go out there on a Monday Night Football game and just dissect. Yeah, defense, he was surgical, unbelievable, surgical. Uh, the other thing he said is he is not going to subscribe to beans, not beef, uh, saying that he's a Texas boy and oh, he needs his meat. Right. I know. Well, they, Texas, the whole state needs to catch up because uh, that all that beef is hurting our country. Sorry. We did have our pe- world. We did have people on Twitter asking for your uh, Chipotle order. I gave it out for you. Good. Thank you. Why don't you tell them what you tell the, uh, the people around the office what Th- you need? Three to four scoops of brown rice. Got to make sure you really ask them to do that because that they, they will ask – they. They protect the brown rice like they're literally growing the rice patties out in the backyard. And I went there own. yesterday um, and got your order. Right. And when I said, can I get some extra brown rice? She already gave me the three healthy scoops. Oh, and I was like, that's good. That's a good one. Sims that's before. a good one right there. Uh, yes. Then I ask for a small scoop of black beans, grilled veggies on top, and I close it up. No even, no sauce, nothing anymore. I go, I go really? No yeah. sauce? No. No. I go medium sauce, lettuce, guac. Yeah, that's a good job. Okay. Uh, our number two amendment, though, is Kyle Shanahan is our favorite coach in the NFL. Yes. And what's really funny mm-hmm. is I've never seen an 0-6, 0-7. Are they 0-7 now? 0-7. An 0-7 coach get this much love. We talked about the five Is he games. still getting love? 
Well, because the Falcons offense can't do shit. Oh, right. right. So now everyone's like, right. they lost Kyle Shanahan. I saw even an article online that said he was the team MVP last year. I wonder where they got that I from. I mean, seriously, who wrote that? Did who they knows? say plagiarism from Chris Sims and Adam Lefko? Let everyone be a half season behind us. Gosh, damn. But I did say that I'll bring up something about Kyle every week, and right. we'll continue it. San Francisco, uh, he, to motivate his team, mm-hmm. is bringing up Bill Walsh. San Francisco won its first Super Bowl in 1981. Two years before that under Bill Walsh, they went 2-14. and 14. That team as well began 0-7. Quote from Kyle, I talked to the team about how they didn't just get there in 81. I think they went through a lot of stuff in those two years prior to that, some hard work, and they had to grind out and find out the types of people that Coach Walsh wanted on that team. I'd like to feel we're ahead of them. We don't have the record to show for it. So he's using Bill Walsh. Is Kyle becoming the next Bill Walsh? Well, I mean, he's, <laughs> that's the obvious question. Uh, he certainly has a chance to be. I, I will say that. Yeah, they're, Listen, they're in the rebuilding process, period. That's what they are. We knew that. This has been a team that's struggled the last two years. Uh, I do think, yeah, he probably thinks he should have won a game or two, certainly in the, by this point. But they haven't been able to do that. And. You know, the only thing I'll say with them is I just, man, the more the season goes on, if I was going to be critical of one thing, I just wish they would have drafted a quarterback in the, you know, in the top ten. That I really nice. do. It would give the their base a little bit more hope, I think, in general. Uh, but man, they're so close, and once they do get a quarterback in there that I think can kind of give some positive vibes to the rest of the team, yeah. it's going to change the outlook of the team every, in general. Everyone said the 49ers had an unbelievable draft. You're saying that you would have traded that draft potentially to get a quarterback in the top 10? Is, right. is hope in year one worth that? Uh, to, to me, it is, because I, I would argue that they probably would have a win or two by now if they had a quarterback that could just make well, like two or Solomon three Thomas off schedule. Been? Solomon Thomas is good. He's going to be a good player for a long time. He's not a superstar. I mean, Which is what you want at three. No, right, right, exactly right. I mean, Basically, and they were at two, right? And they traded down. So, yes, uh, he's going to really help them out for a long, long time. But, yes, that and, hey, hey, Reuben Foster added to that is great. No doubt about it. But the problem with Reuben Foster right now is the problem that everybody had coming out in the draft. Injuries. Yeah, he's he's smaller than Cam Chancellor, and he plays like he's Ray Lewis. So there's an issue there. And he was already banged up. And we're seeing, yes, can he continue to play this style of play and not get hurt? Because I love the way he plays. He's amazing to watch. But you, when you go and you go, damn, he's 230 pounds, and woof, that was a hit, and woof, that was a hit. Is he really just, 230? He's 229. I mean, Cam Chancellor's 231. So that's, that's wow. I know. Foster fills out a uniform. I, I know. Well, he, he carries just, himself. He like looks he's cool, and he's exactly proportionate the way you want him to be. Did you say what we have coming up at the end of the podcast yet? End of the podcast. Thank you, Mr. Josh Fendrick. That's what I'm here for. Uh, we interview with Todd Gurley. We recorded a little bit earlier, and I'm not going to lie. One of the better phone interviews we've had. He was yeah. awesome. Todd Gurley is a character. Mm-hmm. We talked about whether or not he compares his stats to Melvin Gordon. We talked about his Georgia Bulldogs and yeah. how his stadium and his locker room was probably better in college. Right. He further complained about London and its food. Um what else did he talk about? He talked about how uh, he knew immediately that Sean McVay was the dude. Really good interview. Yes, it was. Check that out. Sims. Uh, oh, and by the way, as soon as he got on the phone, Sims brought up blowjobs in 69. I just wanted to make sure he felt comfortable. I just wanted to know he could say whatever he wants on this podcast. I always wondered what the PR people are thinking when it comes on. Like, I wonder if they, <laughs> they like immediately are like, Oh, and, God. No, no. And... 
We're not going to do Sims and Lefko again. We're going to cross that out. Uh, been an interesting day for a certain Martavis Bryant. Oh. First little news I'm, thing I saw. With, don't, don't I have look no it up. idea what's Stop going on. Stop looking it up. Let me All just right, deliver fine. the news to you. Fine. Fuck. Uh, first thing I see is Ben Roethlisberger, quote, we need to get the ball to Martavis Bryant more. So what do I do? I move Martavis Bryant into my starting lineup on my fantasy team. Right. Then, uh, like a, like an hour later, I get a little update that says, Martavis Bryant has been demoted to scout team after asking for trade. And I'm like, all right, going to take him out <laughs> of the starting lineup. And then now, Mike Tomlin, this just happened on the BR app, saying Martavis Bryant will not play Sunday oh, versus the so Lions. So he got demoted. So he must have said something, got demoted, said something again, and they've had enough. I mean, listen, what he did on Sunday was was the ultimate bullshit move. I mean, What does it, that mean? The, the, oh, the commenting He on makes Instagram? the comment and then not show up on Monday so everybody else can answer it but, but him. And, I mean, I mean, this just in, but when you're sick in the NFL – you go to the facility because the doctors are there already and they're free. And you go because they'll give you that you don't have to go through the prescription drug thing or anything. So for him to say he was sick and he wasn't there too, that's that's bullshit. Is this how you get traded? They're not going to trade him. I don't care. No, Mike Tomlin says it's not. Who's going to trade for him? Tell me who. You mean the guy that came out of Clemson who's a physical freak and got drafted in the fourth round. Why? Because there was off the field issues, right. and now he's going to complain. And nobody, and he's one drug test away from being suspended indefinitely for more than a year. So nobody's trading for him. He's taking the wrong approach. He's being wrongly advised. I don't know. It's not going to work. This sucks. It sucks. It does suck. But but you know what? They he complained last week. You know how the game started off in Pittsburgh, Cincinnati? They gave him a reverse. A reverse to him. Yeah. I mean they they tried a little early. They greased the wheel. They did. Um, and you know, it, it just—I always just look at man. If if Ben had just thrown him a few balls that were on target deep early in the year, this you wouldn't would, even have this an issue. If he hit him in that Bears game, right? There's not a, only do right. they win that game, right. and no one's questioning Ben. Right? Damn that one throw. I know. Remember, I was cursing when that happened. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, all right, another wide receiver news: the Bears have made a trade. The Bears have acquired Dontrell Inman from the Chargers. Great trade. Let me hear about it. They're not using him. He's wide receiver four or five in L.A. Yeah, he's got good size. He's got decent speed. I mean, he's gotten better than decent speed. Remember I said the Bears should trade for Martavis Bryant. Yeah. So it's good they went out and got somebody. Great they did because they got nothing at wide receiver. It's unbelievable what they're doing, really, and how they're winning football games. But uh, nice trade by by them in general. It, it really is. It's going to be – he's going to be – have to ready to go this week because they're going to need them. Uh, this is a fun stat about what you're saying. Yeah, uh, Bears won that game with Carolina, and Trubisky had four completions. Right, only three quarterbacks in the last thirty years have won games completing four or fewer passes. Hmm. Their names. Yeah, and Trubisky does not want to be on this list. Right, Chris Wanky. Right, had four. Right, Tim Tebow had a game that they won where he had two completions. Jeez. and Trubisky. John Fox was the head coach all three times. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's unbelievable. What does that Listen, say to you? Well, the the other two were dumpster fires. So that's this is more of the offense has no weapons dumpster fire, and they're kind of forced that way. And then the game kind of lent itself to that even more. Like 
Yeah, in their best game, what do they want to do? They want Trubisky probably to drop back like 18 to 20 times, get like 12 or 15 completions, run the ball, yeah. and control the game with their defense. Instead of this game, they got off to a 14 nothing lead because of their defense, and that just made them be even more conservative. Then he hit the deep post to, to our man, the Mensch, yes. and that set up the field goal, and it's 17 nothing. and then it's totally like, all right, let's just take the, the pedal off the metal. iTunes comment from DJ Fat Beats. You guys are the best started listening beginning of the season the podcast has deepened my knowledge a crazy amount love that you cover the entire league not like those buttheads at espn question yep. for yep. sims about my bears what pieces do you think they need to become true contenders obviously the receiving group is terrible but you talk about how great the o-line and defensive front seven are all the time right i'm curious how many players you think they need to become a true contender is pace doing a good job thus far yes pace is doing a good job thus far i saw pace at the notre dame game this weekend actually uh him and and one of their pro personnel guys champ kelly who's uh, i got great respect for both of them but uh yes they are doing a great job. They are not far off. Hey, the, the hardest thing to do is get the upfront part. And when you've got that, it's easy to start getting the skill guys, whether through free agency or the draft, which I think they'll dabble in both this offseason. And you're going to see them add, I would imagine, two or three receivers, two or three what they would call, you know, bargain type deals where they've evaluated and go, they're better than what people are realizing. And they really they really got fucked by Kevin White. Yeah, it's killed their team. And then the killed and it. then the corner. They need they need they need Probably two or three corners just to bolster that side of the ball too. I mean, you you talk about you know guys like Fuller, you know, hasn't quite worked out to the capacity of which they wanted to sure. be. Amukamara is doing a good job, but those are the last pieces of the puzzle I look at because the safeties with Eddie Jackson and our man Adrian Amos, they're, yeah. they're legit. What's uh, funny about the Bears to me, yeah, is they have a guy named Cohen and a guy named Goldman. <laughs> And Goldman is a beast. Goldman beast. is one of the and neither, under. Neither of them are, are <laughs> Jewish, like you. Yeah. And Josh. Um, oh, well, that was uncomfortable. I said Jewish on the podcast. All the shit I say, but I said. No, that. I was going to say, what is the Yiddish word for someone that's Jewish? The Yiddish word? Yeah. Like well, neither we, of them are. I don't know. Damn, you guys are horrible in religion. Yeah, my gr- I, we just horrible. said Jewish. My horrible. grandma. It's not a part of our religion. Yeah, right. get out of here, Sam. Okay. Get out of here. Uh, we're going to talk Bears in a little bit. Goldman deserves a lot. I mean, and we're going to talk about that yeah. game. Okay. Uh, just some other moves. Dwight Freeney to the Seahawks. Good job. Is that one spin move a game? Well, it's yeah. It's it's fifteen pass rushes a game, which they need. I really thought going back to that. Um, that documentary that was on Amazon with the Arizona Cardinals, mm-hmm. it really was incredible to watch Dwight Freeney's impact on the young pass rushers when they would show him in the room. Right. And they would show how he would teach them how to set up moves and how he would teach them, look, if you're going to go, 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 then you got to hit him with the move. He, there was one where he cooked food for everybody. He just seems to be a great guy to have in the locker room. And it really is a testament to when you have a freakish level ability at something, whether it's speed, whether it's strength, it will last the test of time. And I mean, he's the, to be playing at this age yeah. and to still be a speed rusher is wild. Well, I don't really know why he was on a squad already. It made me realize like Vernon Davis. Right. Like I'm watching Vernon Davis and I go, oh shit. When he came out, he's a top seven pick right. with a freakish ability. Mm-hmm. These are the guys that even if it doesn't click early on and they're disappointment pointing, they will be the dudes in they this 13, 14 year career because right. their bodies can last. They'll yes. eventually bring it back. Yes. As long as they get comfortable within the game, you're right, and stay healthy through those points where they're maybe not as great as we thought they would be. 
their careers, it's always the freaks that last the longest. And Freeney is one of the freakiest guys we've seen. Vernon Davis, yeah, I mean, what was he running four four the sixth pick of the draft? I think he ran a four three six or seven. Um, But yeah, Freeney is. you know, they didn't need him in Atlanta this year, so I understand that yeah. because they bolstered their D-line. But I really am shocked that he's lasted this long out there on the street. In reaction to that, Simeon Rice, your boy, yeah. 43 years old, right. quote, if the Bucks call me, I will come back this year and show them how to get it done. He actually tweeted that, and he added the hashtag, stop playing and call the unstoppable Simeon Rice, <laughs> which is a really long hashtag. That's so pimp right there. That's, but you know Simeon. That's him. That's, that's what we call him. He was pimp. a physical freak. He was. Except he was buried on the Arizona Cardinals for the better part of the 90s, and right. people didn't realize he was so good. Mm-hmm. Do you think he could make a comeback? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> He's 43? Not. Yes. 43 years old. No yeah. way. But uh, he Tom was. Tom Brady's going to play until he's 43. He was amazing. Yeah, well, there's a little difference between quarterback and having to rely on your arm being able to throw the ball hard as compared to being a defensive lineman and still having to hold up against 330 pound guys. Simeon, definitely one of the, again, uh, most naturally freakiest built guys I was ever around. One of the hardest workers I was ever around. Yeah. I mean, I've told you about Simeon right before. Simeon. Again, you like, told us that you looked at his game check. I did look at his game check, pissed him off. Too. And we, you know, we yeah, used but, to call but, him what Pimpin. About hard work. But hard work. You called him Pippin? Pimpin. 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 Because he was uh, he walked through the locker room like, hey, I'm here. Don't worry, guys. And he'd have like a cool hat on. Where did he go to college? He's uh Illinois. He's a Chicago guy. So interesting. Yes, he's totally that's the that was his style. I'm picturing him wearing a fur coat. Oh, he'd be or just like a cool hat. Like and, a fedora. Hey, what's up? Say, hey, what's up, Pimpin? That's how he talked to you. What yeah. Up? Yeah, what's up? Pimpin? So you had him. Uh, Sap, Sap and Derek Brooks. Right. And Rondé Barber and John Lynch. I wish yep. people could see how Sims is rolling his shoulders yeah. when he impersonates. Hey, hey. And his chest would be sticking out. But man, Simeon Rice didn't have to practice on Wednesdays, Lefko. He got the day off. Him alone. Just him alone. This is what happens when you're a superstar because he wanted that day to be his training day. He wanted to train. So he'd tell Gruden, I don't want to practice. I'm going to sit on the sidelines and watch. This is like what Odell talked about. And on after the practice, you're going to see me go through a workout regimen that you will not see anybody in football. And he was right. He would go out of practice. and Would you guys watch? Would you? I mean, I, we'd go into meetings. We'd come back out. And he had meetings too, but he'd come back out. And he would start like a legit warm-up, go on the field, r- running like legit sprints, in three-point stands, parachutes on his back, pulling sleds, squatting 400 pounds, Was bench all it, like, on the field? Uh, no, no, I mean, uh, all the he, running okay. stuff. But he'd do a legit run workout to work on his explosiveness and all that. Did you guys ever watch go, it? Oh, I was always a late-in-the-day workout guy because I didn't want to lift weights before I had to go throw, right? Right. So it would be me and him in the weight room, and I used to love it. It was our bonding time. I mean, we should probably get him on this. We do need him on. Oh, yeah. by the way. Because he loved me because I would lift weights as a quarterback. And uh, I mean, yeah. people's reaction to Drew Brees lifting weights. People right. love when quarterbacks lift yeah, weights. Yeah, like I would wa- squat and I'd put 315 on the bar and do it for like box squats for like five or six. And, and like jump like, on a box? No, not jump. Like just like my butt down gotcha. to the box and pop back up. And he would come over and be like, oh, okay. It's like that. Okay. Okay. I see your quarterback. That's awesome. Yeah. By the way, coming up in the Todd Gurley interview, talking about what it's like to watch Aaron Donald mm. work out. It's fucking that great. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, by the way, so Sim, speaking of the Seahawks where Dwight Freeney went, right. someone sent me a picture. Yeah of where every major publication has the Seahawks ranked. ESPN, NFL.com, and their power rankings. Everywhere 
has them five or six, and then it says Bleacher Report, 18. Yeah. You are marketably different than everybody else in the Seahawks. Right. Does that? How does that make you feel when you hear that? Um, man, it makes me feel smart. That's really? What yeah, well, I, I just, like, the first thing is... Who have the Seahawks beat this year? Tell me who they beat. They have beaten the 49ers. Right. They have beaten the Giants. They lost. They beat the Rams. Uh, so that's three. How many wins do they have right now? Four. Four. And who's the uh, other one? I'm gonna one s- of the worst teams in football. Is it the Cardinals? Colts. Colts. The Colts. Oh, the Colts on that Monday night. So, wow. They've really, man, they, their combined wins are what? Colts, Niners, Giants. So yeah. that's one win. Yes. Or that's two wins or three wins. Colts, Niners, Giants is three. That's yeah. how we count to three. Yes. And then, yes. And no, then I mean, they, how, many how many wins those wins teams have? have? Yeah, three. Right. But then you have the Rams who are five and two, of course. Right. So it's eight total wins. And the Rams, they were totally outplayed in the game once again. Yeah. Totally outplayed. The Rams turned the ball over five times now you and did, still had a chance to win the football game. You said earlier in the year yeah. that this is the best they're gonna, This is the best Seahawks team you've seen in a while. Yeah. You expect a lot out of Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. But you still got them at eighteen. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything that's made me feel better about them other than they've, you know, played some a very weak schedule. I mean, the teams that were somewhat equal to them, Green Bay Packers ro- rolled them over. Tennessee Titans ran them over. Oh, they feasted on the week of the NFL. The Rams game. Listen, I'll give them credit. They're sure, yes, they won the football game. But I got to kind of see that again before I'm going to believe it again. Like I, like I said, the Rams lost that game more than won it in my eyes. Rookie quarterbacks right. are three and forty-two versus the number one scoring defense mm-hmm. since nineteen seventy. Deshaun Watson faces the Seahawks and their number one scoring defense this week. Oh, that's right. They are the number this one will, scoring defense. Th- this will be an interesting test for Seahawks. It will be. It definitely will be. Uh, the Seahawks. Hey, the defense is still legit. I don't think it's as shut down as it's been in years past, but it's still extremely good. This is going to be a tough task for them uh, because of, of course, Watson and his ability, their run game, they're going to bring it physically too. And you have to worry about not only the physical straight-ahead run game, but then the horizontal stuff with Watson and that part of the run game, along with Freaking bombs away down the field. Will Fuller, right? So it's it's Will Fuller. I'm eight excited. catches, five touchdowns. It's one of the it's one of the games of the weekend for me. I mean, Hell I can't yeah. wait to watch that. Yes. Right, right behind Eagles Niners. Oh, big time! Fucking a. Um, I have a one more question because I wanted to see if you wanted to rethink you Seahawks. Have a one more question. I have a lot. Well, one more question on this page yeah, of paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antonio Brown leads the NFL in receiving yards with seven sixty five. He is two hundred and twenty yards ahead of the next closest player. Wow. We have historically on this show been more down on Antonio Brown than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand on him now? Well, I mean, more down than him and everybody else is just that I didn't say he was the one or two receiver in football, and I think he's like five or six. And I don't... Where is he this year? Because Odell's out. Uh, yeah, well, that does help. Um, hmm. Gosh, I'm just trying to think. Nobody's really crazily jumping out at the wide receiver position this year to say, like... You know, listen, if you still made me pick my one receiver now that Odell's out, I'm still going to pick Julio Jones over Antonio Brown. And I'm probably still going to pick Mike Evans over Antonio Brown. Um, but still, yes, he's he's right there with those guys. Yes, yeah. I don't take anything away from him. I mean, this is, you know my problem with him. And it, kind of, it resurfaces a little last week. Like, what were his stats last week? They were real good, right? I'm going to look it up. But my, my point is that 
he can be covered in man by man to man. Like they don't need to double him. Like defenses don't go, man, we got to double Antonio because he's extremely quick, yes, but he's not like the fastest guy we've ever seen straight away. And then there's this Le'Veon Bell guy that requires eight or nine guys. In exactly the right. So I just think that he benefits from having some things around him. Is what I'm saying. And yeah. I just there's been matchups in his career, whether it be Jalen Ramsey a few Xavier weeks ago, Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes. We talk about Richard Sherman from two years ago, William Jackson from this weekend. Who people need to take notice of William Jackson on the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, but. They like William Jackson when he got a man-to-man situations against him, he he covered him. Period. Like it wasn't like oh gosh, like when they no, other teams don't even do that to Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. or Julio Jones. I so guess the thing about it, where you say four for sixty-five and a touchdown. Sixty-five, right? So okay, there you go. And for a defense that plays single safety almost the whole game. Yeah, the one thing I'll say about Antonio, man, is he reliable. He's he's amazing, and for a small guy, yes. he's unbelievable at catching 50-50 balls down the field. He really is. And he's a great route runner, and he's fearless. And you really don't ever see him so drop the ball. So, again, I know people think I don't like Antonio. It's just, no, I just don't think he's like the one or two receiver in football. I think he's like five or six. So, a few weeks ago, I said that Carson Wentz was a top-five quarterback. Mm-hmm. And now, all of a sudden, everyone is starting to believe it. Yeah. But I also realized something in that performance on Monday, which was fucking incredible. Yes. Whether it was his scramble, whether it was his deep passes that people were questioning back in the day, Carson Wentz is here. He's controlling the ball at the line of scrimmage. He's calling plays. Yeah. He's going to the coaches and instituting his old playbook, mm-hmm. and he has compl- and he's audibling. It's amazing. Right. But what I realized is that this Eagles team – might not only be the team of destiny, which is what it's feeling like right now, and you did say that last week, but I also believe they are truly America's team. And I understand that Dallas has owned that moniker for a really long time. But I think we can all, if we're being honest with ourselves, realize that we really wouldn't want the Dallas Cowboys to represent us if we were going to say, which team would you want to represent America? Well, I mean, I think it's peculiar that they released Demontre Moore today. <laughs> That's my first thing. I mean, the what? one guy that's done post-anthem stuff, and they released him. Oh, it was football decision. Sure. So they can't, they can't seem to respect their players. Right. They have players that have had issues with steroids and drugs. This isn't the entire team, but yeah. they've had those issues. Right. Maybe that exemplifies America this day and age. You know what? Maybe it does. <laughs> but I think if America wants to go by a certain team... I think that team should be the Eagles. I don't know if you saw the story before the game, but Carson Wentz and this little nine-year-old kid who recently passed away, known as the Dutch Destroyer, Mm. and he wears a bracelet on his wrist to honor him every single game, and he brought him around, he brought a lot of life into him. Or maybe it's the fact that Malcolm Jenkins is a leader in fighting for players' rights and civil rights and has become a voice that is representing all of the players in the NFL to the owners, and the owners have given him a lot of respect. Or how about there's Chris Long, who's one of the first white players to put his hand there in support and has also donated every single game check to promote education. Or maybe it's the fact that John Dorenbos, the long snapper that was traded to New Orleans... And they discovered that he had a heart failure and he could have died, but being traded is what saved his life. Or maybe it's the rookie kicker named Jake Elliott who hit the 61-yard field goal and brought tears to his parents' eyes and was shared all over the place. Maybe it's Nelson Aguilar. 
and the fact that this guy has rebuilt himself under his own image or the fact that I've never in my life seen a scene like I did Monday night when Jason Peters was hurt and the team all came out and at that moment I realized, holy shit, this is a team. What about your crowd when that happened? The whole crowd. Jason, Jason Peters. That's that's what's cool about And Doran Bose was on America's Got Talent. And Doran Bose was on... He's a freaking what, magician. What was the name of the show? America's Got Talent. America, America has, has talent. talent. And America has the Philadelphia Eagles. And all I'm saying is, I, I, I'm not going to start talking about how it's going to go and wins and losses, but this Eagles team, there's something very special about it. And it's okay to say, going into week eight. Yeah. And I'm just letting you know, the bandwagon is never full. The Wentz wagon always has room. And America's team, the Philadelphia Eagles, is happy to have you. Oh, look at this guy over here. Look at this guy. They are, though. We could talk about it. I'm happy for you, Lacko. I mean, is there is there a team that has better storylines right now in the Philadelphia I, I mean, Eagles? I didn't even think about it from that standpoint, but that was, yes, it was a very compelling argument by you. And uh, I, you know me. I mean, the thing I see about them that I love is the camaraderie in the team. Like, think about the read option play, Carson Wentz on the third down, or I think it was a third down. It might have been second and nine or whatever. And he runs down the right sideline, you remember? Yes. And then he gets like 15 yards and then kind of dives forward for like another four yards. Yeah. I mean... I could show you the play on film. I mean, Fletcher Cox, your defense, Fletcher Cox, uh, you know, Long, Chris Chris Long. Long. Yeah, they're all standing there on the sidelines. They're not sitting on the bench like, well, it's just watching the big screen. They're standing there, and he's diving, and they're clapping and yelling at him like, I just see something special there. They said John Gruden said this on the broadcast. Chris Long said he was coming here because he saw something special. Yeah, and right. Chris Long knows talent in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Chris Long and LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah. Both guys that were on the Patriots and know how hard it is to win this league if you're not named the New England Patriots. Right. Every what did Alshon Jeffrey say? I seen this kid play. Yeah. I want to play with him. Yeah. The fact that there were still people hitting in this game, and I think they're still out there, that really do don't really don't believe yet in Carson Wentz. I believe that those people should never be allowed to comment on football again. I just don't really understand that, but okay. I also want to say this. Yeah. That draft is going to turn out to be a very good draft for quarterbacks. Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, right. uh, Jared Goff, uh, Jacoby Brissett was from that draft. A lot right. of good throwers. Yeah. But there was a line, and it is Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott above that line, yeah. and, then, and then Jared Goff under that line. No doubt. And I, I understand that we're, he's having a good year. Yeah. But I really don't want to – I do not think that they're in the same sentence. They're not. I mean, if, if Carson Wentz was on the Los Angeles Rams, in my opinion, I mean, there wouldn't even be an MVP discussion. It would have already been over. He'd, we'd be like, damn, he's averaging 400 yards a game, and he's, he's rushing for 70 a game too. Holy shit. I mean, they would be unstoppable. It wouldn't even be fair. I did not know how to handle what I was watching on Monday night. My girlfriend was trying to fall asleep on my lap, right. and I couldn't stop yelling. On your lap, yeah. But do you know what I was yelling? Babe, I can't believe this. Oh, Babe, I, I don't know what's going oh, on. I went Babe, somewhere. this is the Eagles. Babe, I can't understand. I went totally perverted. I thought that's what you were yelling. <laughs> wow, stuff like that. Chris going perverted. <laughs> Who fucking knew? But, I mean, uh, what do we watch Monday night? We're watching... We're watching, I mean, okay, uh, we're watching a better version of Andrew Luck when he came out. We're watching. Stop. Why? 
Why not? Uh, no, I don't want you to stop. Okay. That was so uh, shut yeah, up. Keep going. Get okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's the same, right? Same size as Andrew Luck, just as fast. You know what? He's even a more gifted thrower. He's actually more natural at the position. He's a superstar. Plain and simple. There's not like. I mean, if anybody's doubting it, I, I would love to just say, "Hey, come here and let's turn on some Eagles film." Because we'll sit there and watch, and I'll show you that it's the fucking Carson Wentz show, and he's doing a lot of it by himself. I mean, the game. It's he's a superstar. Like the stats don't even quantify it no. because again, it's the 17 completions for 268. It's he daggers had, every he time had he throws. Seven completions in the first half, right? For 152, right? That's that's. That's scarier to any defensive coordinator than the guy that goes 12 for 14 for 105 yards and, you know, this perfect rating, whatever it may be. Also, I'm also done making fun of the Browns for trading that pick. Mm -hmm. It's not should have been Browns quarterback Carson Wentz. It's Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz. Cleveland, figure your shit out, but I'm done with that. Why? There's still people still like, you know. It it won't shut up. Every time Carson Wentz plays great, it's, you know, the Browns. Traded that up, and I found it very, very enjoyable that on the same that the day after Carson Wentz did that, Byron Maxwell got cut by the Miami Dolphins. Right, right. One of the guys that we that we traded to even get to that spot. Right. Yes, unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Uh, speaking of young quarterbacks, you saw Sam Darnold in person. This co- is he the next Carson Wentz, Chris? Sims? Absolutely not. No, he is not. I mean, uh, you know my thoughts. I, I've said this for a long time since last year's NFL draft process that. Man, I got to see more of this Sam Darnold for everybody to say he's the number one pick in the draft. Well, I saw more last week when I watched film, and I also saw him in person. Hey, and he warmed up right in front of you, right next to me. And listen, he's and you a, go a lot based on warm up. I, I go a lot on just how a guy looks, and I want to just see what he looks like physically in front of me. All those things. Listen, first off, to qualify this statement, he is a good, really good football player. I mean, he really is. He's one of the better college players in all the country and can do a lot of good things. But let's just stop the talk of the number one pick in the draft. I mean, we're getting to the point where he's probably not going to come out in the draft now, so that just tells you that he's not the number one pick, just to let you know. And uh, it's um, to watch him in person, listen, the first thing that scares me is his body. And you know how I am with bodies. Quarterbacks are obsessive-compulsive. I mean, they're obsessive. They would never not want to look the part. The great ones that I know want to look like the franchise quarterback, and then they go out there and they can play like the franchise quarterback. His body is thick, and it's a little soft He's fluffy. He is definitely a little fluffy. In fact, he looks better on TV than he does when you see him in person. The the TV actually somehow shapes his body a hair better than in person. And um, he's a good athlete, but... He's not a great thrower of the football. He's just a good thrower of the football. He wouldn't be able to throw the ball. He's not in the class of like Mahomes, Trubisky, or Deshaun Watson in throwing the football. So that's all I would say there. He's still a really good football player. Can he have success at the NFL level? Certainly. But I just let's stop the number one pick in the draft, which was started by Sports Center broadcasters who've never seen a number one pick in person in their it, lives. It was started so, by the bowl game against Penn State. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And he was that he was comeback, phenomenal. His performance. I, you're right. It just that. everybody jumped on the bandwagon. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just have a I have a have a hard time with with that thought. I mean, there's just, there's just no way. Good thing the Jets didn't listen to the public and throw the season for Sam Darnold at number one. I, I was thinking about this in the Jets. I was thinking about the Jets in the subway, mm-hmm. which says a lot about my life. Um, and I was thinking, man, you know, we, we talked about them getting rid of talent. They got rid of Brandon Marshall, who we do like. Yeah. And they got rid of Richardson. Right. 
they got rid of drama. Yes, they did. Like they, they didn't say we're gonna pick a side, we're gonna go with Richardson. No, we're gonna go no, no, they got rid of both motherfuckers, and now all of a sudden the team can focus. Yes. And Jermaine Curse, who's used to being in a very productive locker room, and Jamal Adams, who is like a really well thought out kid, right. they just got rid of the nonsense. Yeah. And McCown is a no no nonsense guy. Yes. It's good. Yes. It Sometimes is good. you gotta do this. Sometimes you can reset the culture. No doubt. And the last thing about the Darnold thing, yeah. just to say that, like the Darnold thing, you know my line there. Like I've never seen an NFL quarterback with that motion who was a really big-time NFL quarterback. It's a little Tebow-ish. It's a little Blake Bortles-ish. Now, he's better than them at throwing the ball. Don't get me. But I'm just saying that type of motion And when I bring me. up Byron Leftwich, you say, well, Byron Leftwich had a cannon. He had a cannon, but I still wouldn't classify him as a great thrower. I right. would not. Right. I mean, he missed. he would miss too many guaranteed slam dunk NFL completions for my money, too. All right, so it is time to reset our culture and bring in Big Phil. So, Nick, if you wouldn't mind giving old Big Phil a call, apparently Phil told you that he wants me to talk more in this Well, he, I guess he was feeling self-conscious that he just he talks and he goes and rambles. And I was like, no, Dad, that's the fucking point of we're having you on. <laughs> I love how self-aware he is. Yes, he it's is. It's nice. Well, well, I mean, as much as like we, we might be jerks and hotheads and asses, I think we're like caring. Has anyone ever called you a jerk we're and a hothead? not a jerk. I don't mean like that. Maybe like red in the ass a little bit. Like I get fired up easily. Uh, we might be that, but we're not mean to people. Mm. Hmm. It's a cool shirt you got on today. Thanks, bro. I had to I give like a it. tour to a bunch of advertisers. Oh. Nick! I How'd said, that go? I, oh, let us hear all the phone ringing, Nick. Uh, I said, oh, look, here's a wall, and uh, there's pictures on it, and here is an office. <laughs> it was really good. Ooh. Oh. Ooh, we get to hear Nick oh, calling, too. Call well, we got a landline today? Yeah. Whoa. Because well, you've been making fun of my cell phone for two weeks. So Whoa, yeah, this is big what you get. Season. By the way, random thing. Carson Wentz TD to Mac Hollins traveled 62.8 yards in the air, Trust the me. longest of any pass in the last two seasons. I counted. I was counting. <laughs> One, two, three, four. I do. When he threw it, I was like, damn, he needed John Seven, that. eight M's in Not my the bank f- account. Hey. Hello, Phil Sims. Hey, you know, I got all day. Just take your time calling me. I got nothing to do, no preparation, nothing to do in life, but. Wait for your call. Man, well, I'll tell you what. It is time for Tell Us How You Really Feel. Uh, Phil, I'm going to be honest. I got too distracted waxing poetic about Carson Wentz, and we missed our call time. And if you could shed some light on how amazing the Eagles quarterback is, I'd really appreciate it. Are you being a homer? This is the first time it that I'm first really time. I mean, embracing. He's, it. They're like you got to realize that they're like Jets fans. Like even when they were like five and one, they're like, "Well, we're about to lose four in a row." <laughs> but I have always, from the beginning of the year, said Carson Wentz is the guy, and apparently, it just took a four touchdown performance on Monday Night Football for the rest of the country to realize it. Oh, you know why? Because it was in prime time. Yeah, you got to do it in prime time before you know his prime time record wasn't good. You know? Oh my God! Don't get me. You know, I hear that, and it literally—I just want to throw something at my TV and and oh, players get all nervous about playing at nighttime on TV. Right. When, when the highest rated game, by the way, is usually Sunday afternoon. But let's not let the facts get in the way of. This is prime time right, game. Yeah, right. yeah, you're right. Oh my gosh. Oh well. But, but, but Wentz, he, yeah, he I want to hear, about hear Wentz. something about Wentz. So go ahead. What do you want to know about Wentz? He showed everything to you. He's. Uh, did you read my tweets, Adam? Hell, I was giving you all the info. I did see that. I still. It's it's all over the place. Your punctuation's wild. Your, your son just said he was a bet, He's a better Andrew Luck at this stage. Uh, you know what? That's a good comparison. I heard somebody asking it on the radio. The. Um, 
yesterday maybe I, they were talking, and I would say he is a better Andrew Luck right now than Andrew Luck was in his second year, just because he's more spontaneous, runs the football more. Uh, the, the offense, of course, makes him more mobile. And, man, is he one big, strong, fast dude. I mean, that's that's what sticks out. And and my thing, my punctuation, I'm a little insulted by that. I You know, I majored <laughs> in English, but that's beside the point. But, um, you know, when he ran the other night, one of the things I said – he looks faster and in better football shape for a quarterback this year than last year. I yeah. think it's noticeable. And the other thing is, is absolutely his throwing motion has gotten better. Right. You know, he's not, he's not dragging the ground before he throws the football. And, you know, I don't need to see the telestrator. Well, here's the throw motion. It got off in point three three, or who cares? Um, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, but you're right. It's it's clean. But, but He's it cleaned it up. Tighter. Yes, it's, Christopher, you're right. It's got it's gotten more compact. He has better control of it. The ball spins more, easier to catch. And the biggest thing of all is what, son? Tell me. When I say all these things, uh, I don't know. Go Damn, ahead. You guys okay. do the same Less thing. Less wear and tear on his arm, oh, so that's he won't sure. get a tired arm or right. anything like that. Right. Which I don't know. They. They never say that he did, but you know when I watched, I thought he had a tired arm at the end of last year. You guys both. I do said not that. think yeah. that's going to happen this year. Right. Uh, a question: So Andrew Luck ran a lot young in his career. How do you advise a guy to keep his body safe when running the ball is also part of his game? Like how how do you work with a young quarterback like that? He did a great job this past week against the Washington Redskins. Did he take a hit in the game while he was running? I don't think he did. Yeah, I don't think he really took a Other big than the one, one where it looked like he was going to get sacked and somehow squirted well, free. Well, yeah, right. that one, but, you know, well, that was just an amazing play in itself. But uh, I'm sure after, pre- after the previous game right. that we saw play, which was great, that uh, the coaches said, okay, big boy. You know, and then and and we even talked about it. You know, it's about survival. We know you're tough. You're rugged. You can play hard and all that, but you cannot let them hit you. And I told, I don't know if we talked about it, but what I love about Deshaun Watson, I don't think he's taken one hit yet on a scramble. Or a design run. He got hit the once. Geno Atkins. Do you remember the Cincinnati game? Geno Atkins plowed him, and then he came back the next play and ran for 50 yards. But that was yeah, really but, the only hit I can think but about. Geno Atkins plowed him in a sack, not yes. when he was running the football. Right. So there's gotcha. a difference. When you're going to play from the pocket, I don't care how mobile you are, as you would say, Adam, you're going to get plowed every once in a while. So, hey, uh, now. But yeah, Hey, now. Okay. But, it, <laughs> but, it, but it, I saw it, and immediately it's the first thing that came to my mind. You got Doug Peterson down there. You got Frank Reich. They both play quarterback. They're both big guys, and they know there's only so many hits you can take. So he's got to avoid. I mean, he did a great job against the Redskins. Right. Random question: Me and your son talk about all the time about how we think John Gruden currently is the best at color commentating. Just the game the other night, he had these North Dakota plays ready to go. I, he just always really breaks down the game. What do you think about watching a John Gruden announced game? Well, I thought that was pretty cool, to be honest. Those North Dakota State plays, uh, it tells me a lot. They, put, I know he puts a lot of work into the games, and you can see that. He's a frustrated coach. Uh, we laughed about it last week. I said, I love it when he just starts complaining about all the bubble screens and how they've gotten away, you know. So that was great. Yeah. But, but to have that ready, that's, that's a credit to their whole crew. It really is. When I saw it, I went, man. Yeah. You know, they, there's – there's no limit to what they can accomplish and do. I mean, just they're on camera before the game. It's 10 minutes long. 
John Gruden gets, well, here's 40 things to look for, and I love this guy, and we're re- and I just sit there going, yeah, my you're gosh, right. the production is unreal. It's unreal, but it's yeah. the only game they do, right. and and I don't know. It doesn't seem like they get interrupted as much as the network games with commercials. I don't know if that's true or not. I can't imagine everybody's going to sell commercials, but am I right? Are those on cameras forever? They yeah, are. I, mean, it's, I remember. Right. I remember Chris when you had to do games last year. You always would be like, "I need to pick three bullet points." Right. And then when I watch someone like a Rich Gannon or a Trent Green, it's like, "Don't turn over the ball, score more points, and be safe." Right. And it's like, "What yeah, the fuck right. am Don't I learning?" Turn the ball over. That's my number one key today. Like, an, oh, well, then kneel on the ball and you will win. <laughs> How about that? I mean, that's a uh, that's. When the coach says it to me, I, I usually would say, well, coach, what do you think this week? I know you don't want to turn it over, so let's, let's get that one out of the way. Now what? Okay. So, it kind of brings me to my point. Uh, one of the things that we were laughing I wanted to talk about right. is the way the Chicago Bears have won the last two weeks. Yeah. I forgot how many times Mitchell Trubisky threw the ball against the – uh, Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to say 16. Was he 8 of 16? I'm going to tell you, but keep going. 113 I'll... yards, one touchdown. Yes, that's right. Okay, well, I did all the Tim Tebow games, and we did, I think, five of them in a row right. with the Denver Broncos. And I'd be in the meetings with John Fox, and, you know, what are you doing? And I go, John, you know, last week you got through the ball 13 times. If you can get it under 10, I like your chances to win. And he, you know, it ain't that hoarse voice. Yeah, yeah, it's all going be great. <laughs> if we could just get the – I mean, that's John Fox. And, and, and I say this with admiration and because he knows and he did an unbelievable thing the last couple of weeks of managing the game. There's Carolina. He's got them. He gets the turnovers for touchdowns, and he says, to heck with it. They're going to have to make me play. And Carolina, never able to produce points or to put the Chicago Bears offense in, in a situation where they had to come out and play. Don't you and think I like it was, it was, I thought it was genius. I really did. It is genius. I mean, there's a part of me when I watched that game going, Carolina, this is what you should do more of. Like, Bingo. Oh, yeah, that's right. A, that would be the other point. They you know, could have won the game nine to six if they really wanted to, but they they I guess they want to put up you know offensive points and look that way. I don't know. You know, somebody complained to me maybe Sunday night, and I said, "Did they win or did they lose?" And and they go, "I said the idea is to win." Right. And now Mitchell Trubisky is the starting quarterback has won two in a row. Right. And probably should have beat Minnesota if they didn't have so many penalties early in the game. Yeah. So you can build on that. Let him get in there slowly. It's not gonna. Well, you got to let him throw to build his confidence up. Oh my gosh, I'm sure he's destroyed. Pull the trigger now because of that. That's that's another overused cliche. But but towards the end of that game, when they did attempt a couple of throws, we were watching. I'm going if he throws crazy and uh, Trubisky could not pull the trigger because he understood the big picture and unless everybody falls down on defense just go ahead and take the sack or try to run yeah he's been great at taking care of the ball okay the other th- the other team we got to talk about I mean the Saints I mean talk about them a little bit because they're in my book they're one of the 10 best teams of football top eight really I mean but but nobody's really talking about what they're doing what jumps out to you about them 
Well, their defense, first and foremost, boy, how talented all offseason or during the preseason. And then you, listen, of course, my son and I talk, and I said to him, man, you know, a couple after two weeks ago, I'm going to stop. That's it. No more preseason evaluations. We said this last week. Yeah. But now they've got it lined up. That is, in my uh, three of these four games that they've won, their defense has not really made a mistake. I just watched the Green Bay game this weekend, and or just today, I mean, organized, the rush, everything, and I don't know, maybe just because it's Carolina, but A.J. Klein, he looks like, uh, you know, Luke Keekley out there. So who? I didn't know he was this good. And it's tremendous just to watch. And, of course, they hit on two draft picks, Marshawn Lattimore and, oh, shoot, Kamara. Blank on, the, Alvin Kamara. on the safety, Williams. Oh, Marcus, Marcus Williams. Williams, too, yes, right. So they got him. Right. And, and it's just, it, it's all fitting together. Dennis Allen, is a good defensive coordinator. I'm sure he was talked to uh, by Sean Payton. Hey, after the first two games, let's settle down here a little. This is not run-and-shoot defense. Right. You know, they were just doing everything. Guys yeah. were running free. They're physical. And what gets lost about the Saints always, everybody just thinks it's Drew Brees, throw the ball, this. But when they're successful, they run the ball and think of their last playoff run. What did they do when they beat – you know, Adam, how did they beat the Philadelphia Eagles and Chip Kelly in that game in Philadelphia? It was a lot of a lot of running. A lot of running. Yeah. And then they went to Seattle. I can remember it. I'm going, man, this is a knockdown, drag-out game with Seattle. Right. The Saints were plowing up in there, and I said, this is going to come to the wire. And then they, I think Drew Brees had a football tipped or whatever. And then you know how once you make that one mistake out there, especially then, Against Seattle, it 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 was over, and that was but one of the beast quake games. That was, that was the, the beast quake. Side. Right, right. Um, so, all right, that that was a good one. All right, all right. We're what wrapping. else you want to know? What I, else can I teach you, young fellas, right, the about all, the game of I got, sport and football? I got one more for you. I hear that you think Pittsburgh learned something from the AFC Championship game last year. Well, I hope so. And <laughs> yeah, you know, if you want to beat. You know, it used to be design your team to win your division, but you can't be that narrow-sighted anymore. You got to design your team to win it all, especially when you're in a in a situation like the Pittsburgh Steelers. And after that game up in New England, it, look, it probably wasn't. It was closer than we probably realized because Ben Roethlisberger had some passes that were dropped that really could have changed the game. But if you're the Steelers in their defense, were you embarrassed when that game was over? You should have yes. been. You had to be. Right. I mean, they're dropping back in zone and just completely losing sight of what they were supposed to do, even doing that. So this off season, I follow them. You know, I read these articles. I try to read between the lines, and we see the difference. They reshape the defense. I mean, all of a sudden, Christopher, you told me Vince Williams. I mean, just right. Vince Williams. Well, he took Lawrence Timmons' place. And he's a defensive lineman who can stand up and run like a deer and just kill people. I right. mean, it's awesome. And, you know, they draft T.J. Watt. Watts, and, and how does that work out? It works out great. Right. They get Joe Hayden. Oh, here, he's no good for Cleveland, but for a team that might win the Super Bowl, well, we'll give him to you. So that was pretty good. And then, of course, the other thing, Artie Burns, a corner, yeah. is kind of coming through for him. But their style, their coaching, they're more buttoned up than I've seen them in years on the defensive side. Yep. They're clever. And the great thing about them is they have so many athletes now. They can just stand there. And, Christopher, you said this. 
to me, and again, I hope I'm not repeating last week. No. Kansas City's in shifting, they're motion, they're moving, and the Steelers are just standing there. When are you going to snap the ball? Right. And 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 it's it's yeah, it speaks to their physical talent, weekend. right? Once Cincinnati went through their little rolodex a few plays, right? The Steelers had them. It was over. You're right. It was over. The yeah. second half, you're going. What happened to Cincinnati? So I can't wait to watch it, but. They had nothing new to show a defense that said, well, we've seen this before, so when he throws that quick pass, we're just going to all converge. And Yeah, you're right. You know, Don't worry. Don't waste your time. I watched it, and you're, you're, what you're explaining is really exactly what happened. Once they got rid of their few little game plan plays early in the game, it was over. The Steelers were all over it. I trust your word, son, but that, I'm still going to watch it because right. I, I just got to know. <laughs> all right, I got to well, know. We, I want to watch – you know what I want to do? What? I always like watching the Steelers to watch some of the players – but you got to watch them just as watch Ryan Shazier. I mean, it's like, it's great, and then it's like, wow, he just blows himself right out of the play. So it's great. Yeah, that's, I know it is. He's a and must then, watch. Of course, the other thing is, no, we got to go. You're done. You've, oh, you've hit your allotted time. That's awful. Save okay. it for the podcast next week. It's it's fill in time. It's not you know Phil Sims fucking podcast. This is fill in time. Okay. <laughs> hey hey son. Look, yeah. Throw fifty bucks in that jar for cursing. I told you. <laughs> cursing. Let's go, buddy. All, All right, Dad. See you, buddy. Oh, I love you, Phil. Love Have you. a great see day, you, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> few things from that. One, he did to you what, what you always do to us. Right. You go, you go, and there's, there's what? and there's one other thing, which right. is what, Lefko? Right. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I know, he does it to me all the time. You're right, that's where I got it from. Because he'll, to this day, still explain things to me like that. And it That's like how goes, Bill Belichick would do it. Well, it always goes back to one main theme we've talked about a million times, but you can't pull it out of the air always right yeah. away, you know what I mean? So yes, that's that funny. That was awesome. All right, so you guys were talking about film. Uh, I already have Sims's notebook transcribed the things that have uh, made me a little interested first one up from patriots falcons Ooh. you wrote the patriots run game is back it is double Ooh. underline yes the patriots run game double underline double underline well i think if you look at the last like they ran the ball well against the jets last week the week before that i'm trying to think of who they played off the top of my head but i know they the ran bucks? the bucks it was the bucks they ran the ball with success as well and i just do i think they're getting to the point where yeah, they got up to the line a few times, got into some run sets, and basically said, we're going to run it. We don't care you got eight people by the line of scrimmage. And they smash it down their throat. And, uh, you know, it's the, one of the things I admire about them. They're three inside guys, as you know, Lefko. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. They have great run game blocking potential when you take Shaq Mason, David Andrews, and that Joe Thune. There's not too many people in football that are going to give them a tough time up front. Right. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they were legit. And I feel like, again, I just – they're a better, I think, running football team than we've seen the past few years. I really do. It, Who's going to be their main back? It doesn't. It, it's. It looks like it's more Gillisley and Burkhead when they want to run the ball traditional Lewis style. Has been used a lot. Yeah. Lately. So when they want to do traditional run, it's going to be Gillisley Burkhead. When they want to get in their shotgun package and then maybe catch you off track there with the run game. Yeah. It's more going to be the Deion Lewis James White show. Packers Saints. Yes. You were the Packers are just not used to playing this style with powers and counters and maybe they should run Hunley more. They may have to go total college yeah, on them. I think so. I don't know if they have the pass offense to schematically just do a whole lot. I mean, it's what we've complained about forever, right? It's just Rodgers making it happen. Their run team, their run game, they're not used to being a run game team. That's not what they've done. I mean, it, to me, it almost looks like in some of the run plays, I was like, damn, these linemen are used to like 
catching and pass blocking so much it almost looks like that in the run game. They're, like, they're not even used to like, let's fire off the ball and smash people and pull guards around. It. Like, yeah. That's not what they've done the last you know few years. So um, yes, I look at it from that standpoint and go, it's not in their DNA. Can they acquire that and get better at that? Certainly. But I think for the meantime, they got to make they got to use everything they got. How Hundley can run. How in trouble are the Packers? I, I just don't see it because I don't. Their one elite thing is gone, and their everything their else second is elite thing was pass protection, and that doesn't really matter that much now that you have this in right. this style. So it, it's uh, yeah, I think the Packers are in trouble. I really do. You again, just like you and your dad talked about Marcus Lattimore is popping. Yeah, but you also said Andrus Pete never lost a battle to Mike Daniels and even won a few. Yes, Andrus Pete was one of those guys that was disappointing as a tackle. Right. but it sounds like he's coming on as a guard. It is. I, I uh, Stanford Stanford guy, right? And he was the most he incredible was. legs running a forty in the history I, of the combat. Huge, huge legs. Well, right. we did his draft video. I think you had me highlight his tush yeah. because you wanted to show his it. I remember the, stuff the clip. Thick yeah. as hell, and um, left goes right. I mean, he kind of got like you know semi bust label, right? Yes. Because he had to play left tackle probably earlier than they really wanted him to. Teron Armstead was hurt last year. He struggled a little bit, and is but they like we've said last week, they got everybody playing the right position on their offensive line now. Well, Warford's and, hurt, but yeah, well, yeah, it's okay. They're not going to be killed by that. Yeah. Um, but regardless, Pete at left guard. A lot of stalemates with Mike Daniels, which is a good thing because Mike Daniels ruins people's game plans on a weekly basis. He, You didn't even hear his name in this game. And he even won some battles without a doubt on Mike Daniels. A lot of their big plays were because of Andrews Pete in the run game. They ran behind his big ass and... And the plays they ran to the right for some success, he pulled out there and moved some people out of the way, too. So he could move. They got it going, man. They really do. Steelers, Bengals, you wrote Mixon should play, should just play running back, not coach. What did that mean? I mean, shut up about. You're talking about after the game. Well, that and then um, what was the other? Oh, you know, then he's going to. There was like a big third down in the game when the game was still in the balance and he didn't block his guy. But, you know, he's going to tell the team how to run the fucking offense. No, just you're a rookie from Oklahoma. You've been in a bullshit Big 12 offense. Just be a football player for the first year and listen to your coaching. You wrote, Carl Lawson is simply one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. He really is every game. And he had no sacks in the game. But when he gets on the field, you know it right away because you go, damn, who's getting collapsed over here on the left side? And it's it's usually Carl Lawson. I don't care if it's Bakatiari or whoever it is. He is a legit force rushing the passer. Now, he doesn't start, but he when he's in the game, he's 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 a beast. This is the damn he fucked that playoff stat. Exactly right. He is one of those guys. Like, there's no stat until, yeah, he didn't get the sack, but he made Brett Hundley move and feel real uncomfortable and then throw an errant ball down you the mean field. Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, he was oh yeah Ben Roethlisberger yeah. yes uh, you were William Jackson's real good and his movement is special man William Jackson is is getting to the conversation of the top ten corners in football what year is this for him is this two, two right yeah. and he didn't even play last year because he got hurt if you remember right. but he is um, whew, he can fly for one I mean he could just strat flat out fly like you, you think about the, I don't know if you you know the whole game you remember like they threw the go ball in the back left end zone to Antonio Brown. It was him, man-to-man on Antonio. He, like, literally was beat and caught up so fast, ran by Antonio, and then had to basically reach around Antonio to get behind him because the ball was behind him. But, yes, that. And then for a guy that's got, like, his – I think he's, like, six foot, six one. his change of direction skills are – they're, like, amazing. They're scary. Big Ben threw an out route on him early in the game, 
and it's a pick six. Big Ben luckily threw it high. I, th- I mean, I think he deliberately threw it high. But he was covering Antonio, or no, he was covering Martavis, and he saw Martavis kind of break down. And man, he stuck his foot in the ground, and he was looking for the ball before Martavis turned around to even man. look for it. TJ Watt, really impressive all game, has no weakness. No weakness at all. Yes. Like, uh, I, I was going to say, I sit there all game and go, oh, wow, he's amazing. This is Khalil Mack and like coming around the edge. But. There's never a point where I go, ooh, he's overmatched or, ooh, he can't do this. They can't ask him to do that. That Him and Bud Dupree are the unsung heroes on that little defense. And then the man Hilton, 31, who I've told you yeah. about. Panthers-Bears. Trubisky is a great deep ball thrower. He is. He's extremely good. I mean, all we've really seen is those kind of throws from him to this point. But uh, the uh, we saw it all preseason. We've seen it a little in the Baltimore game. And then, yet, yeah, I mean... He had really one chance to throw a deep ball. It was Tariq Cohen who running a corner post, I mean, at the receiver position. And, uh, I mean, it's just right on the dimes. He's got great feel. He throws the ball high in the air. That's the great deep ball player, deep ball throwers throw the ball high in the air because the, the, the DBs, they panic, first of all. They're like, oh, gosh, it's a deep ball. And they usually are going to misplay it if there's nobody around. Rodgers throws it very high, right? Yes, all the good ones do. And then, of course, it gives you room for error because it just lets your player go run under the ball. Other quarterback, you said Cam Newton needs to scramble more. Yes, he does. He's got to just get out of the pocket and go a little every now and then. He can't just be like, roar, I got people around me. I'm going to throw a ball. I don't care if you're on my back or not. Like, he can't always do that. It's, uh, you know, I question the game plan from Shula and them a little bit. Like, it's the Chicago Bears, and uh, last time I checked, Chicago Bears can rush the passer like uh, it's Mike Dicka in the 80s, okay? And you can't sit there and wait seven seconds for balls down the field. That was their issue last That's season, their too. fault to a degree. And then he's just got to have a better feel. He's got to get out of the pocket a little, make throws on the run, and do that. Bears defense hasn't allowed an offensive touchdown in their last nine quarters. They're the only NFL team to not allow an offensive touchdown over the past two weeks. <laughs> Uh, you did say that Goldman and Hicks yeah. name a better duo. I don't know if there is one. Eddie I? Goldman and Akeem Hicks. Akeem, Akeem Hicks. Hicks is the third best D tackle in football. Akeem Hicks. When I watch Akeem so Hicks, behind Aaron Donald and Fletcher Cox. Yeah. Fletcher Cox is the best defensive player in football for me right now. I mean, wow. you know, yeah, you have the two best players in football on both sides of your line. Fletcher Cox is. Unstoppable Who's again. Oh, uh, then Aaron. Don- the other guy you have is what Carson Wentz. So, okay. so you have the best player on both sides of the ball. I'm saying is just that. But Fletcher Cox is unreal. And then the fact that you guys have so many players, yes. you can keep them fresh. Oh, he's playing like 40 snaps a game. Right. It's but amazing. Goldman and Hicks, though. Goldman and Hicks are uh, Goldman's the ultimate nose tackle. The ultimate, just like oh, you think you're gonna move me with two guys? Good luck. I'll see ya. And Akeem Hicks is the same way, but yet he has the ability to like a Fletcher Cox or like we've talked about with Mike Daniels, he can win the one gap or he can just over people, overpower people because he can get off the ball so explosively. It's He's amazing. They're, they're amazing. You also wrote, Russell Shepard is fucking dumb, and you underlined it three times. Oh, man. What did he do? Hold on. I don't know, but I was curious. Must have been really bad. Gosh, now. wait. Hold on. I got to think about what the hell he did. Towards the end of the game. Yeah. What did he do? I've totally blanked. It's all right. All Let's, right. We can move Go on. on to the next one. Uh, Chiefs defense. How holy? How, how do you fix it? Uh, they have to do more. That would be my one thing with them on the on that side of the ball. They play three coverages. I mean, they play three coverages, and they don't even hide the fact of the three they're going to play. Like it's one thing to be simple, but disguise it. 
or uh, or just play one defense like the Seattle Seahawks all game and be like, this is what we do. We know what we're susceptible to. Good luck with it. But they play like basic cover one. One safety deep in the middle of the field. Everybody else is man-to-man. They play basic cover to three, or they play two-man, which is man-to-man underneath and two deep safeties behind it. They don't disguise it. They do nothing different. And, yeah, their defense is embarrassing at this point for the talent level they have. I mean, no sacks, no quarterback pressures, basically. I don't know what the official stat was, but they yeah. weren't by Derek Carr much. And, I mean, it's just... It's just the quarterback. If I was playing quarterback against the Houston, the Kansas City Chiefs, only thing I would be worried about is Marcus Peters jumping a pass. Other than that, I'm like, I know what coverage they're in. There's nothing really to worry about. I'm going to dice them up. Speaking about defenses, Jaguars defense, what did you see on film against the Colts? The Jaguars defense, it, first of all, it wasn't as amazing on film as like I thought keeping an eye on it in the game. Right. Brissette. Early on, missed some receivers. He did not see the ball well, which is also placed to Jacksonville. I have to give them credit because what happens in my experience and even being this, when you play really good defenses that are fast and big, it, the game goes faster all of a sudden. You, you go, get jumpy. You do. You just go, damn, they just seem like they're around me a lot more than normal. And and then you watch the film the next day and you go, damn, they weren't really around me as much as I made it up in my mind. Uh, and I had a few instances in that. My, but, yes, he did not see the, the field great. And um, – I mean, it's really they just the game got into a situation where they had to throw the ball and they just unleashed the unleashed the Krakens and yeah. they just all of them. I mean, they're all phenomenal. Calais Campbell, Dante Fowler is getting back to the guy every week. He's a little better every week. I go, ooh, look at Dante Fowler, yeah. and then Yannick and Gakwe. But yeah, you get them in that kind of game, like we've said all year, where they can just pin their ears back. Good night. It's over. You're not stopping them. Uh, we did have an iTunes comment. What the hell did I say about Russell Shepard? Hey, isn't that isn't that on the offensive coordinator or the head coach that when the quarterback comes off the field and he's clearly jumpy? Like, shouldn't they be telling him Somebody to slow down? Somebody's got to be there to just calm him down. You know, also it's also it's a great point by you. It's also something you the, they have to find a way to. Let's. What are our th- What are our ten plays we've designed for the week where the quarterback doesn't have to think and we can just get him a completion? And those are the first ten plays. Yeah, or just even or you just go plays to it when you have you right when you need them. Like whether it be a screen play or I've designed this and I know I can get ten yards from the tight end from yep. this. All those type of things. Like you got to have those core plays to get every now and then against those great defenses just to make the quarterback feel comfortable. Because then it's either it's either a completion or it's incomplete. Yes. and all he does is just throw it. Are you sure I said Shepard? Check the next page. Okay. Um, Look for the triple underline. But yes, I know. There's a f- I had a few there. I'm stalling what for you here. What the hell did I do? I'm I stalling for you. Lefko, how's your day been? I'm, I'm great, man. Super excited to get to MVP celebration rankings. And oh! Comments. The, he didn't line up for the spiking of the ball. <laughs> they're spiking the ball. They're going to they're gonna kick a field goal before the half's over, the Carolina Panthers. They're going to kick a field goal. They're, in, they're like the 19-yard line. He lines up illegally and then moves at the last second as they're spiking it, and it becomes false runoff. start, runoff, right, and they get it, so that's why. Sorry. Let us now do MVP. Whoa. Last week in week six, it's been running all season. Number one was Tom Brady. Number two was Carson Wentz. Number three was Leonard fucking Fournette. Whoa. Not Leonard Fournette. Leonard fucking Fournette. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number ones thus far, weeks one, it was Rodgers. Two, it was Carr. Three, it was Brady. Four, it was Brady. Five, it was Alex Smith. Six, it was Brady. Sims, are you ready for three? 
three, two, and one. I'm so undecided about three. I just don't even know where to go with it totally. But number three. Number I'm, three. I'm going with Alex Smith. Alex Smith. He's Welcome a, back. He's still back because he was right there on the cusp of it. He played well the other night. He did a lot of good things. He made some big plays. Uh, Leonard Fournette, of course, didn't play, so he's going to fall out from that standpoint. Right. Uh, Kareem Hunt wasn't like overwhelming in the game, and I think if any other quarterback was playing the way Alex Smith did, we would definitely be saying he's in the the conversation. Number two. His name is Tom Brady. Tom Brady Never heard comes of Brady. in at number two. That Brady is the Tom. That is Tom Brady's second number two thus far this and, season. And I'll say this: if Deshaun Watson goes up to Seattle and has a good game this week, he will be in my top three next week. Ooh. Yeah, he will be. And the number one for the MVP board this week, Sims. Go! Go! Fly, Eagles, fly! And this is Carson Wentz's first time atop the MVP board. Yes, sir. He came in for the first time in week six at number two, and now he is at number one. Number one. Not even close. Not even close. How close is it right now between Wentz and Brady? I, he is, by the way, Vegas's favorite to become the MVP oh, at this point. Yeah, I think he's got a little cushion between him and Brady. Brady's been amazing. Brady made uh, one of the things I wrote in my Falcons Patriots notes again is that like Matt Ryan made no big throws or big plays in the game, and I wrote Tom Brady made some wow throws in the game. Uh, but. Yeah, I think Wentz has a pretty good control of this situation right now. How could he not? It's yeah. this is not this is not like what we've talked about in the past, a system where he gets the ball and looks down the field. The first guy that the first read is always open. Let me throw it to him. Great. No, this that Alex Smith and Tom Brady have that luxury. They do. And and they do more on top of that. Wentz does not have that. And Wentz is just making it happen with his God given ability. Um, and yeah, he's phenomenal. He went all quarterbacks. He could have put Calais Campbell in there. I thought about it. Cut, I did thought you? about it. Yes. All right. Now it is time for the celebration power rankings. Hey. We've been doing it all year. Last week, for the first time, Kareem Hunt was dethroned as the individual champ, taken down by Golden Tate's people's elbow. The team is still run by the Packers bobsled team. That is the best team celebration. Rachel individual Harmony too is now Golden Tate and right. and Rachel. Harmony. All right, first one up for week seven. It is Juju Smith-Schuster and the Steelers playing hide-and-seek. Juju Smith scores the touchdown. He goes up around Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Cromartie begins counting. Le'Veon Bell then goes and hides behind the goalpost. Juju Smith-Schuster runs and, oh, I found you, and then goes and chase him. That is the Steelers' hide-and-seek celebration. Okay, great. Real quick. I mean, first of all, the guy got – we used the goalpost as a, a – thing last week should as, be fine and he, and this week he's allowed to hide behind it so i don't understand that I second of all the best part of that is watching antonio brown not realize he's not a part of it he doesn't know what's going on he's like what are you guys doing like where are you going like that's the best part of it when you look back look at him he's like okay do something cool and then he's like wait what the hell is going on here <laughs> and look at him he's like okay are you guys gonna do something here look at him he's just standing there <laughs> I think that's the best get part the of brief. Yeah, that is, that's brief. the realization when you see two of your friends post on social media that they were at a party, and you're like, "Oh, no, I, they didn't invite me. I get invited <laughs> oh, to that man. party." Uh, next one up, Austin Eckler, uh, running back for the Chargers. He scored a touchdown and then unleashed a serious air guitar. Oh. Oh. You're booing that, Josh. Not a fan of that one. 
Okay. Uh, next I've one. Had better. Jarvis Landry doing tequila shots. Oh, I didn't see this. Jarvis Landry catches the touchdown, gets up and goes, all right, I'm going to need some salt, maybe a line. So let me just get a little quick shake, 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 shake. This is for you, Miami. Shot. Jarvis Landry. Tequila shots. Very fitting. And then the last one. Oh, the last one is from that game as well. It's the Robbie Anderson scores a touchdown and then jumps into the stadium and then sits in the comfy front row seats. Mm. Robbie Anderson, ultimate fan. All right, so the four this week, Steelers, hide and seek, Robbie Anderson, sit and stands, Austin Eckler, air guitar, Jarvis Landry doing a shot. Which one wins for this week? Just this week. Yeah. It's not a great week. It's not a great week. No, it's pretty loserville. I'm going with the shot of tequila. You're going with the Jarvis Landry of he is. shot. I am. I just, I, like- I just, he's in Miami. It's you know, the, you're a tequila guy. A, I'm a, yeah, it, it's a tequila kind of town in Miami. Yeah, he's toasting the crowd it's because that is individual. Does Jarvis Landry no. shot? Oh no, no. Golden Tate's people's elbow is still number one for individual. Packers bobsled and racial harmony is still the leader for the unity. U n i t y. All right, so uh, iTunes comments, first one up. The only podcast I listen to for football, Hawk Panther 3. I used to listen to First Take Undisputed Ugh. and stuff like that, but those big network shows pale in comparison to the two main dudes at BR. Thanks, dude. Lefko and Sims. Love you guys. Keep up the good work. Good stuff. Next one, Football Fix from C North 1727 You guys are awesome. I listen to the pod all the time since I work from home. Keep up the good work. Love the analysis from Sims. Left go, man. Keep being a mush. It's working so far. Fly, Eagles, fly. Woo! Hell yeah. Next one, uh, Mega Ertz. Awesome podcast. Uh, I've been names. listening for over a year and look forward to every episode. Only podcast worth listening to. Uh, the Players Podcast is cool. Sims and the L-E-F-K-O-E man, man is hilarious, and it's funny to see him pick against the Eagles every week, even when he's a huge fan. Keep up the great work. I think this is the week he doesn't do it, though. You can't not pick him this week. You're going to pick the fighting Kyle Shanahan's and their 0-7 Bill Walsh pep talk? Again, it's for the spread. Oh, yeah. And again, what my mush capabilities are, yeah. I will always use them. If it means giving a game back to you every week, I will do that. The mush. I don't think he really wants to do that. I don't want to at all. VVVVFVSXXMHD, Sunday setup. Can you please stop betting on the Niners so we can win a game? That could blow it up. Question. What is your setup to watch football? How many TVs do you guys have? Or how many games do you guys have on at a time? Surround sound type of beer? Well, Sims changed our watch. Oh, uh, you doesn't like this. We do did you? have six TVs right. in a six TV unit, and right. we would sit there. But now, in a room with rolly chairs that was like forty eight degrees. So now we're in a different room where we have four te- four televisions with the opposite of surround sound. It you can barely hear it, and we have two laptops in which we're one using Sims's Direct TV, right? Because you thought six TVs was too distracting, too much. I didn't like our setting for one, and yeah, I feel like I can actually see more with the four. I'd rather watch the four main focal ones 
and not be distracted by the other two that we just put on because it was the top six games of the day and then really have no feel for the other four that I wanted to focus on. So, yeah, I wanted to go with that, those four. And then I feel like we see enough highlights from those four games of the other games on the TV to where it does it. Are you mad at me for doing that? No, I can tell fine. a little resentment. No, it's fine. Really, it just it's better because otherwise I was focusing for fantasy reasons, and then I get really distracted. Oh, my gosh. Shut the fuck up. J. Boo wins 28 great podcast, GOAT podcast. I need Sims's thoughts mm. on Vernon Hargraves. Mm. Tampa media is destroying him because of the cushion he gives receivers. Mike Smith gives him the freedom to play off or press, but still plays off a majority of the time. What are your thoughts on the situation in Hargraves as a player? Uh... I still think Hargraves is a really good football player. I don't think this is a great defense. I think he's in a tough spot a little bit because they don't do a lot on the defensive side of the ball, especially coverage-wise. It's very simple. And then you add that to the fact of, oh, yeah, we don't have a great pass rush. That is really scary as a DB. And Spence is now on the IR. Right. So you, that's scary. they bringing back Daryl Tapp. And, uh, you know, you, you can't get up in a receiver's face every play all game long unless you're playing certain schemes. Like Seattle can do that because he's really like Richard Sherman and Jalen Ramsey. They don't have to worry about like following guys across the field and doing I, when stuff. When I watched Hargraves so, this year, the thing that's going to kill me is I feel like he's getting bodied by receivers, he like getting is. pushed around. And I, I, I know that he was smaller in stature, right. but he seems really tiny. He he I, he plays tiny. I mean, you're right. He does. There's no other way to put it. Uh, I I would say there's the things that's bothering people. And I didn't watch last week's game yet, so I didn't get there yet. But the thing that's going to bother people about him is it's when the third and five, third and four, and he's playing eight he's yards, playing off. six or seven yards off. That's when I watch it and go like, what the hell? Like, what? what why are we doing that? Giles, 1994. I still great think he has ability, though. Oh, yeah. Great yeah. podcast. Which you talked about the Texans more. Question, what yeah. do you think the Texans should do, will do with the Dwayne Brown situation? Mm. Well, he's back now. Uh, also, Survivor Kids should try watching Big Brother instead of Survivor. I've never given Big Brother a shot. Uh, I'm just I'm committed to Survivor. I only have so much room in my week for weird reality television, and Survivor and, is my show. And you also have to watch Superstore. Right, i got to watch Superstore, too. So, yeah, TV viewing time is limited. Sims, what do you think the show Superstore is about? Superstore? Yeah, what do you think it's about? Fedrick watches it every week. I'm guessing it's, show. it's a store that's really big and has everything, and you got to keep people coming in there to buy stuff? I don't know. It's The Office, but right. set in a made-up Walmart. So it's a show called Cloud Nine. That's, I figure I was picturing yeah. a Walmart it's type great. store. But, it's very oh, funny. So it's an actual show like that, though. Okay, it's yeah. not like a reality. No, show. No, 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 no. It's a it's a comedy. Gotcha. We talked a little bit about Dwayne Brown and his impact coming back right away. You think he plays in Seattle this week? No, I don't. And I, if I was them, really, I wouldn't play him at all. I wouldn't play him. Period. I'd make him ever be, not until somebody got hurt. You're the backup. You didn't want to be here. We're doing fine without you right now. We have it going. Um. Yeah, until they feel like, wow, we're totally inept on the front side of the ball. Uh, I, I am a believer in, like, don't mess up with what you got right now. And and he hasn't been around. He's not going to be the Dwayne Brown we saw, you know, when he's healthy. It, it is an adjustment. He is a freak of nature. Don't get me wrong. But, um, yeah, I, I would not start him this week. So I would Chris be... Clark strained his calf against the Browns. Okay. Didn't practice this week. Okay. Um, if Houston was forced to play without Clark and Brown, they would have to start either Kendall Lamb mm. or Julian Davenport. So that's the question. If Clark is hurt, 
then you're going to have to just make a decision on Dwayne Brown and exactly where he is and if you think he can physically do that right away. And again, like I said, there's there's certain guys in the NFL that can, like Aaron Donald, they don't need practice and it's the first yeah. game back and they can dominate. He he quite possibly could be that guy, but you know we're not there for practice. I don't know. I didn't realize that about Clark, though. That's big. Jay Monkfish, expert analysis that works. They say what they want, how they want, and never bring attention to themselves. Uh, and they, they, it's like they're there. Things blah, 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 blah. five stars for them putting it all out there, even though they they go on pretty bad losing streaks. I've learned more about football in the last year. Blah 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 blah. Uh, minus one star because their political rants make me wish they'd pass the turkey. But plus one star for not backing down and instead moving the Trump and beans to the end. Lefko is a hardworking enthusiast who keeps it together. Sims is an experienced white boy supreme who can recall facts and figures faster than he can filter them out. I'm engaged. Quick question. My coworkers are convinced that Vegas can make anything happen. Has Sims ever been bribed? Never. Never. Have no. you ever been approached? Never. No. It's just... I mean, I don't... I just... I, I don't think that can happen in the NFL. I don't know. I mean, I guess... Of course it can happen, but... They're moving to Vegas. I know. And that's scary, certainly. But you but, would need the whole team on board. Yeah. You're, like, one player can't control the game. No, exa- exactly right. I mean, he could certainly help by screwing the game up or doing something like that, but... Did you watch the replacements? As a whole... As a, I mean, as a they whole. were in that kicker's head, and, I mean, he controlled the fate, and he decided to boot in that long field goal, mm. you know... I never watched that movie. I don't watch stupid football movies like the program or that. I the don't program is not a stupid football. It's like movie. such a like a caricature. Yes, exactly. You ever Thank watch you. Remember the Titans? Yeah, great That's movie. A good one. Great. Ever watch The Longest Yard? Great movie. You ever watch Any Given Sunday? Uh, I've watched it. It's kind of like a caricature again. Willie Beeman. Uh, yeah, was Muffins. I supposed to answer a question there with that guy? The last if you've time? ever been bribed? Oh no, I have not. Um. I want to suggest maybe doing the Thursday night preview on the Wednesday pod. That way people who can't watch the live stream can hear your Thursday night picks before the game. Then again, it's great to hear how left go fucked up every Friday. Keep it up, guys. Hashtag more Fendrick. Good review. He wanted, they want to do the Thursday review today. So the Dolphins are favored by two and a half in Baltimore, I believe. I, I, I want everybody to know I pick games without the spreads, too. So. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Baltimore is favored by two and a half against Miami at home. They're at home. They're in Baltimore. Mm. I'll a, make a deal right here with yeah. you that we only do $10 each. For this game? Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. Yes. I'm not, I'm not betting anything on that game, no. certainly. Too many ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, I think the thing, it, it's a good matchup for the Dolphins. Just from the simple standpoint of there's receiver issues, uh, injuries of the Ravens, right? right? Wallace, it doesn't look and like he's going to be And Terrence West is out. Right. So I look at it from that. And the Dolphins' defensive line, which you talked about, is we know is good. The secondary, do I still have concerns? Yes. Uh, so that standpoint, it's good for them. Now, you know the I Dolphins. I don't know if Jay is going to be able to run on that defense. Uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. There's, there's no, there's no doubt about that. And I mean, where's Tunzel at? Like, I don't see those. The Tunzel had to leave the game the other day. Right. So all those things I got to look at. I haven't seen an injury report yet. That's what stinks about when we have to pick these games. But I do like the Dolphins. I would pick the Dolphins. I think I'm going to pick the Dolphins. I think game. I will probably pick the Dolphins as You're well. You're getting two and a half points. I think they're a better football team than Baltimore. I like Adam Gaines. They are. The, the shame, I started watching the Jets-Dolphins film before I came in here. The The bad thing is is, is really Cutler was playing really well. Cutler yeah. is, I feel bad for him. I do in a lot of ways. We have one more, and I would like Fendrick to read it. It is C. 
Oh, I know see. which one this one is. Life-changing advice for Survivor Boy from Ronan Rumley. Hello, Fendrick. Have you ever wanted to have Chris Sims stop hitting you? Would you really enjoy wiping that smug look off his bully face? Then I have just the thing for you. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Can you stop hitting me? No. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You have, in the very city you live and work, a former Rutgers wrestler and current head of the Rutgers BJJ Club and current BJJ world champion Gary Tonnen, along with multiple other of the best in the sport to do it. Yes, and they're they all can, around. I and know they them. can teach you to at the famous, world-famous uh, world Renzo Grazzi Academy. Yeah. They can turn you the into Gracies. a killer. Gracie. Right. Yeah, Gracie. It's like right. A, okay. All right. Anyway, gone will be the days of having your face shoved into a microphone. Experience the joy of viewing <laughs> complete shock in Sim's face as he puts his hands on you to push or shove you, and you hit him with a pristine arm drag into the back, take and choke him out from the back. Change your life. I don't think you uh, you could go to the Gracies. I don't think it's going to matter for you, okay? There's just certain limitations in life with people, everybody. And he can learn all the moves he wants. I just don't think he's got the sh- – he might put me in some kind of hold, but I'm going to be like, oh, sorry, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so you believe if you were facing a smaller, weaker person that was expertly trained in, in jiu-jitsu – I mean, if it's like we're talking like smaller, weaker, like Josh, I'm going to be fine. Josh's body yes, type. But if we're talking like a guy that's like 5'9, 190 and like kind of no, rocked up, if Josh, then I might be in trouble. If Josh took 10 years of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Man, it's, I, I, and he just kept this body frame right here. That, yeah. Sims knows my personality too well, too. I'm not a fighter. I don't want to get in the ring. Uh, so, Josh, are you going to go? I've been I around might. with those guys, though. I might. They, they, the, I used to train at the place I trained in Jersey, the Gracie family, a lot of them, Hoist, Roger, oh, Hodger, uh, because the R's are silent. Uh, but, yes, he's, they're, they're great people. There is really something to that, and there's something to it. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of NFL defensive linemen and offensive linemen take those type of classes because the hand fighting and all that is is really And a lot of it's about using craft. people's momentum against them, yes. which is amazing for line play. Right, it is. All right, that's it. That was a fun one. That's it. That was a fun one. This might be the longest podcast ever, by the way, because we're about to put Gurley on the back. All oh, right, shit. coming up next, it's going to be Todd Gurley. So uh, let's go to that right now. Here's Todd. What's going on? How y'all doing? Oh, what's up, dude? How are you, man? I'm doing good. All right, we're going to have fun. This is the Sims and Lefko podcast, and you're allowed to swear or say whatever you want. Yeah, okay? we even curse. Blowjobs, 69, Whoa. anything <laughs> you want. Okay? <laughs> oh, and that is Sims. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna start right now. God. I'm gonna curse. Too. We should just. I hope that was the start. That All right, we started. Start. Uh, Todd, hi, good to hear from you, dude. You have the number. Is it three in the nation? Yes, Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Todd, I saw. So we, we we're gonna keep this NFL, but I do a little work for Notre Dame. I was on the field for your Georgia Bulldogs big game up there in Notre Dame. Just. First of all, tell me about that team, how you feel about Georgia right now, and just give a little talk about those running backs because I know uh, you think you're from running back you in Georgia. Um, well, you know, obviously we got about five running backs. Um, but, no, nah, man, the defense, the defense, I would say, is is great. You know, when you say when people talk about Alabama and all that, you think of that defense. And, you know, those guys have been outstanding this year, and the run game has been great. And then, you know, the quarterback goes down the first week and, and right. the second string comes in and, and Fromm's been, been nothing but lighting it up, you know, winning big games as a true freshman. So, 
Hey man, I'm I'm excited for those boys. Those guys look they look way better than I did when I was there. Are you are you I'm the top? I'm happy to see those guys. Uh, yeah, it, it is good, and I'm hoping they can dethrone Alabama. Are you the type that goes around the locker room and like throws it in everybody's face? Because when I was playing and Texas was good, day. oh good, okay, yeah, all day, yeah, I like it, <laughs> all day, every day. All right, all right. One other thing, I just want to ask because it's a weird scenario. I mean, since you guys moved to LA, uh, you know, you came from Georgia with these great facilities, and you know, everything is about Georgia football. And now you go to the LA Rams, and you're a team that, you know, on the move. The facilities are. I, I mean, that's what I want you to talk about. Tell us about the facilities. It's not probably exactly what you would have thought of when you're going to a big time, you know, NFL organization. Well, yeah. Well, I, I kind of kind of already knew that, you know, guys tell me stuff is a lot nicer in college because, you know, you got to gotta do the recruiting stuff. And, right. And you're there all year round, you know, but the NFL is more just you're there for the, the time you're there and, you know, once the off season, you're kind of gone. But, you know, Mr. Kroenke did a pretty good job of just building a little temporary um, facility. It's pretty nice. Um, the, the view is nice at practice, um, the, the meeting rooms and everything. So it's it's been cool, man. Cool. One thing you're using in the facilities, of Pro course, book. is uh, Get old. Get the job done. Oh, can you hear us? Yes. All right, cool. One thing I know you're using in the facilities is Old Spice. I want to give them a shout-out just because they're making this possible. That invisible spray delivering 48-hour protection in fresh manly scents and a dry spray that doesn't leave the white marks on your skin or T-shirt. Find out more at OldSpice.com. All right, Todd. Uh, Todd, Todd, Todd. I think what's interesting is uh, your second year, Everyone had super high expectations, and then it didn't work out, and then everyone trashed you guys. And then this year, no one had expectations, and now you're coming out and you're punching them in the mouth, and now you're exceeding expectations. How nice is it to prove people wrong? Um, definitely nice, man. Um, you know, no one nice to be bad-mouthed or, you know, be known as, you know, one of the worst teams or worst players in the NFL. So just to be able to come back and, you know, I just bounced back, you know, from last year. You know, obviously it's still early. You know, still have a, you know, um, at least not what nine games left. So um, it's only it's only the beginning, man. You know, everybody's been doing a great job of, you know, focusing in, locking in, and we've been able to, you know, get some wins. How often do you check Melvin Gordon's stat line? Just because you guys were drafted in the same year. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't check anyone's stat line, but I'd love to see where the running backs do good. I can't lie, man. Um, you know, last week, you know, Shady had a good week. Zeke had a great week. Um, Le'Veon's been having a great week the last couple of weeks. Even the dude, um, the, the Green Bay guy, man, what, Aaron Jones? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah the hunt, hunt's been, you know. Wait, so are you watching a lot of NFL? Like, we talk to a lot of players. I know not all NFL players watch a lot of games. Are you mainly watching for running backs, or are you just watching everything? I'm watching everybody because I have a lot of buddies, you know. Um, yeah. Just guys that I came out of draft class with, um, you know, love watching Jameis do his thing, love watching, um, you know, Cam, love watching Nelson. And Philly. Yo, um, how about my know, guy Carson Wentz? He's he's legit, man. Baller. He's legit. Yeah, he's legit. <laughs> Who who's he's the been, who's the one running back that you that you were like? I mean, you're one of the freakiest guys in football. We know that. And who's the one running back though? When you do turn on the film, you go like, "Damn, that guy is special right there." I love watching Devontae Freeman, man. Huh? He's just been, you know. I just never seen no one just get better each year how he came in the league. You know, he's just been he's just been spectacular the last couple of years. And, you know, people don't really talk about him. He's, he's, he's a great running back. And 
and you know I definitely definitely love his game. Uh, all right, so we got to talk about your your head coach. I mean, your your movie star, young head coach, the with bell his, of the ball. Uh, you know, <laughs> and and we've said here before in your defense the last few years. I mean, your offense stunk. There's no other way to really put it. Yep. And I'm not gonna. I, you don't have to comment on that. But regardless, <laughs> when did you know? when you met Sean McVay and you had your first meeting, like when did you go, okay, this is a different animal. This offense is for real. When, when we're, when we're installing the offense and you know, you, obviously, you know, he brings his film from, you know, Washington. Right. So you just see the plays, those guys. And I'm just looking at, we just start looking at each other like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> Cause it's just like, man, just, just watching, you know, with D Jack and Pierre and, and Jordan Reed and, you know, um, Chris Thompson was able to do. Right. You know, those guys was just out there making plays. And, you know, I felt like we have the same or, if not, better athletes than those guys. So, um, you know, it was it was definitely a fun feeling just being out there in, in OTAs and, and mini camp and just, just, just putting that offense together slowly but surely and just, just knowing that it's, it's going to come together. Right. When could you see it click for golf, too? Like, when did, did – was it, like, the whole team? Well, I mean, you know, I kind of, you know, focus on focus on offense. You know, obviously, defense has always been been doing a great job for us. You know, no, no, Todd, I, I think I cut out. I meant but, Jared Goff. When did when could you see it click for him too? Um, I don't know, man. I just kind of knew it was going to click. Just, yeah. just, this, just like I said, just seeing what Kirk was doing in in Washington, and you just like, man, I know Goff can do this stuff, and. You know, he was just doing a great job all OTAs and all in camp, and, you know, it just kind of transferred over to the field. Uh, all right, so we got to talk about some other bullshit that's going yeah. on, okay? I One mean, thing we hate on this podcast is we hate that you guys have to play on field turf right. and crap situations. We think it's, like, unhealthy. We want you guys to play. Every field should be grass, beautiful grass. And then you yeah. guys go out to London. Well, first, we love that you took a shot at the whole London love game. It. Like that's a bu- <laughs> It is a bunch of bullshit. Hey, you know, hey, you know, be professionals, but now go fly in a plane for 12 hours and ruin your whole fucking life. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> Talk about that field because when I watched your game on Sunday, it, it, it first annoys me with its professional athletes, the money they're paying, you know, all you guys and everything, and they don't want to protect their investments. And you're on a rugby. And field. you're on a rugby field, and it looked like the the footing was bad. I mean, just talk about it a little. What it was like over there in London, and what what you what annoyed you about it? Um, my my main, my main problem was just you know that we was playing Arizona. You know, like that's an hour flight from here. So you know we we had and, and we had to stay in Jacksonville all week. So right. you know that's why I was pretty mad. But yeah, I mean we, we went over there last year. It was cool. I mean obviously the fans were great over there. But um, yeah, we knew about the field. You know we played there last year and you know had had a couple slips during the game. Still had a couple slips during this game. I mean yeah. kind of hard. It's still kind of hard to prevent it. You kind of got to wear those those long. Yeah, those you long wore screw in cleats. Is that what you wore? Mm-hmm. Um, no, nah, I didn't. I wore my um, my regular ones, but I had the screw ones just in case. But no, nah, I was definitely um, yeah, it's definitely a different feel for sure, man. You be sliding everywhere, and the the ground is a lot a lot hard. But it, it was cool being over there, man. Definitely kind of miss miss being out there already. But the time change got me all messed up right now. Oh, I, I have a theory that all the teams that played in London before have an advantage because you've been through it. Do you think it is an advantage because you were there last year? Um, yeah, you kind of know what they expect. You know, um, 
you kind of knew the food wasn't going to be as you know, <laughs> like you're used to in, in the U.S. What do they serve? Fish you? and chips. Oh man, you just said it. Fish and chips. <laughs> Fish That's and chips it. That's everywhere. all they got. Um. Yeah, it's kind of like L.A., you know, just tacos, you know, tacos everywhere. <laughs> so it's definitely fish and chips. But, no, they um, they did a pretty good job. Um, the food, I, I can tell you what's good over there is the Domino's and, and the Papa John's. <laughs> That's the spots, huh? For sure. Yeah. I saw you. You're very active on Twitter, and you were you were calling out all the haters of Adrian Peterson, and you said <laughs> you, you called him the GOAT. Do you really believe he's the GOAT? Yeah, that's my generation. That's like mm. you know, you know, that's like me going for Kobe and LeBron. You know, it's just that's just my generation. As a, that's how I was raised, and you know, that's who I seen beast growing up. So no, you do you ever see Barry Sanders, Jim Brown? I, I know. Man, it's- I seen Barry, my coach. So my um, my running back coach, Coach Pete. His his brother was the was Barry um, was Barry quarterback. Wow. And I, I got I have every clip. Every run of Barry Sanders. And when I tell you that dude was amazing, mm. I didn't I didn't realize how great he was until I started watching those runs. Right. And I'm trying to do the same stuff, and that definitely can't happen. Yeah, but you're doing your own thing for sure. Uh, the one thing, uh, your team, I just like, you got so many, you, you mentioned a little bit, you got a lot of physical freaks across the board, receivers, running mm-hmm. backs, D-linemen. I mean, I, I know you are Aaron Donald. You know, just I want to know in your mind who's the freakiest guy on your team. Is it Aaron Donald? Is that simple? I mean, when I watch, you know, you two on film, you guys are the guys yeah, that jump no out. Brainer. No brainer. Yeah, that dude is just a freak, man. Yeah, like what? Yeah, what is it? He's like a ball of muscle, man. I, yeah, I, I can't explain it. Like if you look at the guy, you want to be like, that's the best player in the NFL, and then. <laughs> You know, you just watch him in a game. He just takes over. Like, he just can't be blocked, man. He's strong. He doesn't have a max. When I say that, it's really serious. I really don't think he has a max. Like, what do you mean? Like a max? On on bench. Oh, I was going to say, that's where I was going to go. Like, what does he do in the weight room? Like, is he that crazy? He can throw up whatever you put on the bar? Yeah, like, I've never seen him, like, struggle. All right. Like, like, our strength coach used to have to, like, stop him from, you know, Going to 600, 700 pounds. That dude, is a, he's a freak of nature. Holy cow. 600, 700 pounds on the bench? Yeah, man. That dude a beast, bro. Golly. The only other thing, this is going to be the last one. <laughs> That's unbelievable. This is the last one. I noticed you taking a few shots at, at Skip Bayless. And and look, I don't. I think he's ridiculous. I think it's annoying. I I love I love your honesty. I love how hard you come at it. I think that it sounds like you might have a career in this afterwards. Uh, what what, what if you were going to do the skip 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 like Shannon? How would you come at him? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just felt like you got to come. I mean, they come at us when we're doing bad, so you got to come at him too. That's right. You're talking all that nonsense about whatever he's talking about. Yeah, whatever he's talking about. A bunch of yeah. bullshit usually is what he's talking about. We know that. Well, you know he don't talk good about nobody else but the Cowboys. Oh, I know. Yep, you're right. <laughs> Cowboys or Tim Tebow. I think those are the only two people he, he likes in life. <laughs> All right, Todd, you have been awesome. Again, joins us on behalf of Old Spice Invisible Spray. Go to OldSpice.com for more. They got that fresh scent. Todd, you are the man, brother. We appreciate it. Go kick ass and enjoy the rest of the season, dude. All right, man. Thank be, you so be much. Be good, man. Be good. All right. Take care. And that was Todd Gurley. Uh, love him. Yeah.
He's, it was cool. That was uh, so. We were always. I didn't realize, you know, he had this per- this personality until really just a few weeks ago. When his comments after the Thursday night game when they beat San Francisco and he was talking, he took shots at the Cowboys. Yes. loved it. Yes, then uh, the London shots. I like that too. So you were. In the, when during the draft, yeah, you had Melvin Gordon ahead of him. Yep, uh, you were a little critical just because the the holes were so big for Todd Gurley. We right. questioned his vision. Mm-hmm. Taking into account this interview and everything, yeah. where are you right now with Gurley? Well, you, you know, um, I mean, first of all, yeah, he he's definitely one of the f- more physically gifted running backs in all of football. Uh, do I always love his vision to this point? No. The thing that gets overlooked with guys like Todd Gurley, and you've heard me say this with like Ezekiel Elliott, is their straight-ahead speed, <sighs> right? Because what people don't realize at times is – it's his speed that allows him to get through these holes where we'd go, oh, there's a big hole. Well, anybody could have got through that. And I want to go, well, no, I could show you 10 other running backs that had holes like that this week, and they didn't have the speed to get there and get through the hole before pursuit got into it and made right. tackles. And that's where he's phenomenal. And the other thing I'll give him uh, a lot of credit for is he's in an offense now that fits his skill set more. It really is. It's not just ground and pound and yes. Jeff Fisher and we're going to run Gurley and play defense. Get him on the outside. Give him a pass. Give him throws. Right. He's very good in the pass game. Better Damn. than I expected him to be. And he was better than I expected in the interview. That was Todd Gurley yeah. wrapping up the podcast now. Sims. Peace awesome. out, homies. For Fendrick. Good night, everybody. I'm Lefko. Holler at you. Thanks, Todd. L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. Man. See ya.